0: Welcome to Handful. Today is Tuesday, October 20th, and I'm your host, Claire. Today we're talking about the California wildfires. This past summer, I was living in rural Northern California. One night, there was a dry lightning storm, a hugely rare occurrence in that part of the world. I was living on a mountain 20 minutes away from town with no service and a one-way road off the hill. The next day, while in town, I received an emergency alert on my phone. It read, A wildfire is in the area and is a possible threat to your location. We evacuated that night. Being from California, I'd been through this before. Growing up with this hyper-awareness around fire, especially in late summer, I've learned to take extra precautions in the latter half of the year. But why is this the case? Why did I grow up knowing that July through November is, quote, fire season in California? Wildfires ravage California yearly. Up until this year, 2018 was the worst fire year to date, with 7,571 fires and 1.67 million acres burned. In 2020, however, 4 million acres have burned across the state, and it's only October. I think there are some important questions that need to be asked here. Could this yearly tradition of destruction have been, or perhaps more importantly, can it now be avoided? Was it always like this? The answer is no, it wasn't always like this. The obvious and expected answer for how we got here is climate change. The earth is getting warmer, causing our summers to be hotter, vegetation to be drier, and wildfires to be bigger. But there are cultural layers to wildfires that go mostly unmentioned. For hundreds of years, Native American tribes in California and across the western United States have executed controlled burnings. These fires, coal-invasive plants, allowing suppressed plants access to more water and air. For centuries, this progress bolstered local ecosystems. With controlled or prescribed burnings, indigenous people were not only able to clear land for farming and facilitate movement around dense forests, but help the larger ecosystem in a yearly cycle of regeneration. When European settlers expanded their reach to the American West, they naturally brought their cultures with them. European cultures associated fire with death, extinction, chaos, and hell, while the local people viewed fire as a tool for rebirth. Fire can be a staggering power for good, a device for positive, necessary change and evolution. But when states like California, Oregon, and Washington were colonized, this belief was overshadowed by fear. In an NPR article interviewing a variety of different Native people and scholars, it is explained that colonizers so intensely criminalized fire that burnings were banned and eventually deemed arson. And this is how the cycle of fire suppression began. With no controlled fires, forests grew out of control, suffocated with invasive species and more and more brush. In recent years, with temperatures rising, these forests have become incredibly dry and can ignite at the smallest spark. So what can be done? Fundamentally, we need to come to consensus. The U.S. government, U.S. Fire Administration, landowners, and native people need to have a platform within which to work together to use fire for good. An ideal example of this is the Western Klamath Restoration Partnership, a group made up of tribal, federal, and non-governmental stakeholders committed to, quote, restoring fire resilience at the landscape scale, end quote, in the Western Klamath Mountains of California. This group is made up of over 20 different organizations, ranging from tribes to conservation councils to federal agencies such as CAL FIRE and the EPA. As detailed on their website, a few of their goals are to create fire-adapted communities, restore fire regimes and healthy river systems, while simultaneously supporting local economies and communities. This is a model example of what could be done to reverse the effects of fire suppression. However. This partnership only covers the West Klamath Mountains, about 1.2 million acres of land. It would take a lot of cooperation, funding, and organization to return to proper fire regimes, but it would mitigate destructive, uncontrolled wildfires immensely. With so many years of fire suppression, we are faced with a, quote, fire deficit. So much of California has not been burned in years, it would call for millions of acres to be burned in order to return to a proper cycle. Also, there's the question of private land. The more California acreage is sold to private owners, the harder it is to burn properly. People would have to consent to having their land burned, something nearly unimaginable. The most important thing would be a shift in culture. If our society was able to alter its perception on fire, we could come a long way. Yes, it is important to fear fire, respect it, and understand its immense capability of destruction. But perhaps even more importantly, it is vital that we embrace it, learn from it, and ultimately use it. I believe that many people, myself included, are often under the impression that we as humans live outside of nature. We are an anomaly. We have created our own ecosystems and our own function on the planet. But I argue that this is dangerously incorrect. We exist within nature, not next to it, on top of it, or outside of it. And we need to learn the ways in which to take care of it not only to maintain our own well being, but to help cultivate a space where others can thrive as well. And that's the end of today's Handful. Handful is a production of Novel Hand, where activism meets impact. Check back tomorrow morning for our next episode.